Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. I'm on my way. I 
has found a new life. Wow. I have found a new life too. Not only you. I've also found a new life. I don't want to lose my calling. I don't want to lose my faith. I have found a new life. And I'm glad I found a new life. I said, I'm glad I found a new life. Come, let's pray for the offering. Yeah. I'm glad I found a new life. Father, we thank you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. I found a new life. And I'm happy with my new life. Hallelujah. And I don't want to go back to my old life. And you also don't want to go back to your old life. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I found a new life. Amen. Are you ready to learn some scriptures? Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. You are the one who impacts and instructs. This morning, as we sit at the feet, teach us, instruct us, give us revelation into your word. May we, may we only be hearers only, but doers of the word. Let your word benefit us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
memory verse for today, John 6, 63, one, two, go. You see, Jesus said, uh, here the Bible is making it to understand that the words of God contain spirit and life. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. Amen. It means that it means that when somebody is speaking, depending on the anointing of the person, some people when they talk to you, it's only flesh. It profits nothing. It's just there's no spirit behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can see that the person is talking, but it has no impact. But Jesus said, that, but what, what I am telling you, what I'm telling you, there's a spirit behind it. Hallelujah. But the works that I speak, they are spirit in their life. Because, because of the anointing and the unction. Hallelujah. So it's not everybody who speaks that has an impact. Hallelujah. Some people, when they are talking, it's just like twinkle, 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 twinkle star. You see, and, 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 and the impartation or the spirit has nothing to do with how much the person is screaming or not. It has none of that. Hallelujah. Somebody may talk quietly, but there's a lot of anointing behind it. Somebody may scream, there's an anointing behind it. So it all depends on the power that is behind it. And Jesus said, what I'm, what I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, my words carry... My, my words are different. Hallelujah. And, and so he said, the flesh profited nothing but the words that I speak unto you. Hallelujah. So that is why we must always pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is why I say, I pray that this morning, spirit and life will be imparted to you. I say, spirit and life will be imparted to you. I say spirit and life will be imparted to you. Hallelujah. And that it will not be flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. How many brought your book? How, to, how you can preach salvation. I hope you brought it. Everyone must get this book and read it. It's, I, I'm, I just, I've just fallen in love with the book. It's so good. Hallelujah. How to preach salvation. Christians. Hallelujah. You hear me? So everybody must get a copy of this book. Not only to bring it to church, but to study it yourself. Why do I say so? Because you see, the most important thing that happened to you is your salvation. Hallelujah. After you were born on this earth. In fact, let me say it this way. It is better that you are not born than to be born and not be saved. Yeah. If you will not be saved, then don't be born at all. Yeah. Because it, uh, why do I say this? Because Jesus said, Jesus said of Judas, the son of perdition, that it would have been better if he was not born. Unless you don't believe the Bible. But if you believe the Bible, and that you believe in heaven and hell, then why be born and go to hell? Then I'd rather have remained in the Father's room upstairs. Unless you don't believe in hell.
do you believe that there is heaven and there's hell? Then why do you want to be born and go to hell? What's the point? That it would have been better not to have been born at all. Hallelujah. And heaven is real and hell is real. Hallelujah. So for you not to be saved is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Hallelujah. So if you don't, if you not, don't want to be born again, then I will, I will prefer you are not born at all. Because to be born and go to hell is the worst thing that can ever happen. Hallelujah. That's why you have to understand salvation. I remember I was talking to um, uh, a man of God was telling us a story. There was a lady, there was a, a couple who had a child who was mentally retarded, you know. The child was mentally retarded. Very slow. And the couple were very sad. And I remember their pastor telling them that, look, as difficult as, is, as it is, as sad as this problem is, take consolation in the fact that this your son does not know right or wrong, so he can never sin, so he's guaranteed heaven. Yeah. Yeah, have you thought about it? Yeah, that's what he said. Take concern in the fact that this boy, that because he's not cognitive of sin and righteousness, he is guaranteed to go to heaven. Yeah, he told the couple that. Think about it in that, in that light. Then he said, then the same, the same person said, he said, I would prefer this child to have a son who knows everything and go to hell. It's a very deep saying. He said, I would prefer to have a child like this who does not know sin and therefore will go to heaven than to have a child who knows everything and go to hell. See, you understand what you were saying? It means that, you see, I'm talking about who understands eternity. So let's understand spiritual things. Salvation is very, very important. And therefore, if you are a born-again Christian, you must understand what happened to you. Hallelujah. So when Jesus made those statements, those profound statements, what shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? In other words, the whole world, Jesus said, if they give you all the skyscrapers in Manhattan, Man, they give you all the skyscrapers in Manhattan. You know, Manhattan has more skyscrapers than any other place in the world. If you travel around. Because you live here, you don't appreciate it. <laughs> you live here so you don't see it. So when, I, when I say it, you don't believe it. Travel and see. Manhattan is the only city in the whole wide world. River to river, skyscrapers. When you stand there, you don't see any low, low building. Have you noticed? And I've traveled around. I've been to other, other cities in the world. There is no place in the world that when you lift your eye, it's all skyscrapers. River to river. From the East River to the West River. It's all skyscrapers. It's no, not London, not Tokyo. No, no. no. And I've been to places like that. No, you won't. Uh, most cities, have you even been to Dubai? They are trying to copy. But you still see that 
Somewhere in between the landscape, there's a low building. They have not attained the river. <laughs> Hallelujah. But because you live here, you take it for granted. You have, some of you have not even seen it because every time your head is on the ground. <laughs> some of you haven't seen it because every time your head is on the ground, you are, you are rushing to catch in the bus or subway. So you don't see that it's actually skyscrapers, river to river. Maria is, oh, is it, uh, what, is it true? Now, most of the time, your head is down, you're in a hurry. <laughs> when is the next bus or train coming? <laughs> but you don't know that you are walking in a world-class city. Where, where, where river to river, it's all sky, there's no place in the whole world. You go to Sydney now, they are not like that. Yeah. But Jesus is saying that even if I give you Manhattan and you lose your soul, it's not worth it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So, we are talking about salvation. And last week, you see, last week I, I said to you about, look, in fact, salvation reveals God's partiality towards the human race. Because when you read the Bible, the Bible says the angels inquired about it. If you have two people, one make a mistake, out. Then one make a mistake and you try to correct the person. Aren't you being partial? Aren't you being partial? Yes. One person makes a mistake. You don't give him a second chance. Another one make a mistake. Eh, it's okay, you know. And that's what God did for us. Because when the angels made a mistake, there was no second chance. He cast them out. But when the human race made a mistake, he created a point for us to come back again. So God was being partial to us. And I shared with us last week that look, no matter how strict or how disciplined you claim you are, we are all partial. It depends on who is at, what is at stake. Oh, as for me, I'm fair. You are lying, you are not fair. Nobody is fair. It's all relative. The day you see that you are doing somebody you like, you bend the rules. Yeah. So it is more to pray that you will be liked. Amen. Pray that you will be liked than that. See, if you have to choose being right all the time and being liked, choose being liked because you are not likely to be right all the time. You cannot. You cannot be right all the time. It's not possible. That is why the greatest thing that you must ask for is mercy. Always ask for mercy. Ask for being right all the time. You cannot. Hallelujah. Yeah. You cannot be right at your job all the time. You cannot be right in your marriage all the time. In fact, Bishop said a statement, and I, I think it's, uh, uh, it's one of the most profound statements I heard about. Um, uh, if you want to marry, one of the prayers you should pray. And, and I've never thought about it. He said, when you're going to marry... Pray. One of the most important prayers to those some of you are married already, so I just tell your daughters <laughs> that if you're going to marry, one of the most important prayers you should pray that pray that your shortcomings will not be a concern to your husband. You have never thought about it. It says pray that your shortcomings will not be a concern. Because you see, everybody has shortcomings, you are not perfect. See, and, depend, and, and, and depending on who is involved, let's say 
you don't know how to cook, which is your shortcoming. You don't know how to cook, which is your shortcoming as a girl. And you marry a man who doesn't mind what he eats. You are blessed. Because your shortcoming does not become a problem. But let's say you don't know how to cook. And you marry a man <laughs> who wants breakfast like to be made fresh food every day. <laughs> then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes a real problem. It is fire. Because so far as this guy is concerned, huh? <laughs> he doesn't joke with his stomach. It must be fresh. You must make the banco fresh and the okra is too fresh. <laughs> Even the one from the fridge he doesn't like. <laughs> Even the one that you bring from the microwave he doesn't like. So if the person minds, their marriage is in trouble. Yeah. So say always pray. That because by all means there's a shortcoming in your life. But that your shortcoming will not be a concern. It's a good, it's a good prayer. <laughs> yeah. That your shortcoming will never be a concern. Because if it's a concern, it's a problem. Yeah. You can marry, I mean, you, you, can, find, you can find a husband, I mean, you can find a husband, maybe, you're, I mean, maybe you like to clean, you like to cook, but you don't like to work. You may find a husband who probably doesn't mind a, a woman working. So you are blessed. But you can also find a man too who oppressed by the principle 50-50. I, I'm telling you, and there's a husband like that. 50-50. I bring 50 just one of my big 70 30. <laughs> yes. Because I remember I was talking to a guy. There was some serious problem in the house. And I said, look, from what you are telling me, a couple, well, from what you are telling me, I think it would be better for your wife to stay home a little bit so you can solve this problem. He told me, no, it will never happen in this house. I will not allow her to stay home. That's what she told me. She said, never. It will never happen in this house. Then I said, why? He said, why? Reverend, why? She should stay home and I should go and bust my chops. No, it's not happening. That's what he told me. So he cannot stand the idea. So it all depends on who you are dealing with. So pray that your weakness will not become a concern. Pray that, you know, there are some husbands who are so fixated on the figure of their wife. I'm preaching. I mean, so fixated that, that even after marrying you for 15 years, they still want to see you in that shape. So I saw that every day, I mean, to the point that, that every day they are looking at you when you are eating. <laughs> they are looking at you. They are counting the calories. When you come, they are looking at you. When you are changing, they pass by. It's, it's, they are so concerned. And you also get the husbands who say, all weather, slim fine, fat fine, everything goes. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean every time I'm saying this, I know, I know some husbands, I know some husbands who are like, they're so fixated about the shape of their wife. That, ah, you've been married for 20 years. What do you expect? So everybody, so it's a prayer. Hallelujah. Pray that your deficiencies, your deficiencies will not be a concern. Amen. Because nobody, you see, we are all partial. It depends on what is at stake. Hallelujah. And God showed partiality towards the human race. Mind you, you see, what I'm saying is that we are not his only creation. You see, man is not the only creation that, the only thing that God created. He created angels. I mean, some people believe that they are aliens. Maybe they are aliens, I think so. Some people think there are some aliens somewhere. I don't know, maybe they are aliens. <laughs> but whatever it is, and, 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 and we know for a fact that we are not the only planet. There are other planets. Yes, and we are still discovering more planets. Yes, and we know for a fact that when the angels sinned, he did not give them a second chance. So obviously God has some his love towards us. Okay, was so great that he was partial towards us. And I was, I was telling all of us, look, anybody that you really love, you'll be partial towards the person. Yeah, anybody. Anybody you really love. Hallelujah. So today, I'm, I mean, still talking about salvation. So I'm talking about God's greatest love. Hallelujah. John 3.16. God's greatest love. Hallelujah. Let's look at John chapter 3 verse 16. Every Christian must know John 3.16. Hallelujah. What does he say in John 3 chapter 16? One, two, go. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. For God so loved the world, hallelujah, that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. That's how much God loved the world. So, from this scripture, we see, one, the extent of God's love. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. We see the extent of his love. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. We see the extent. So here, the first thing we see is that God's love is very wide. You understand what I'm saying? I'll explain to you. See, most of us, our love is limited. You cannot love outside your nuclear family. Your love is limited to your wife and to your two kids. You can't extend your love. As a lot of women, especially women, their love is so limited to their children. Anything outside their children. Some, some women cannot take in a stranger. Not even a stranger. A stranger is too far. The alarm is so limited that even when an in-law visits, it's a problem. Voila. 
Yeah. Even when an in-law comes, it's a problem. Their love is so nuclear. They can only love their own. They can only love what came out of them. Anything strange they can love. Yeah. Let a cousin comes into the house. That's a problem. I'm preaching. Let anything that is not from their own people. You see, anything that's not on their own, they can't love it. Yeah. God so loved the world. Our love sometimes is so limited. We can only give or help to the ones that are like us. Some of us, our love is limited to our tribe. We cannot love outside our tribe. I'm preaching, yeah. You cannot love outside your tribe to the point that you are having a fit because your, your child has brought something, somebody outside your tribe. And you're having a fit. You cannot accept that. I mean, you cannot, it's like, it's like, you cannot accept the fact that somebody has gone outside your tribe to even marry. And some of us, is, we cannot love outside our race. You can't believe that your daughter has gone to marry this Chinese man. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are standing in church. You are saying that in Christ, there are no Jews, no Greeks. <laughs> and this Chinese man is born again. <laughs> but as soon as you see, you look at the eye, you are, you are looking at how your grandchildren will look like. <laughs> are you hearing me? So you cannot love anything outside your own. Amen. But the Bible says, but for God, his love was not restricted to a particular group of people. Are you hearing me? For God so loved the world. It shows how great his love is. Not a love limited to Ghanaians. Not a love, a love limited to Americans. Not a love li limited to Japanese. I'm talking about God's love. Hallelujah. God's love. And therefore, if we are to be like God, if we are the sons of God, then we need to expand our love. As at now, some of us, our love is very, very limited. Very, very limited. Some of you, some of you your love is so limited... Even when your husband is even talking to somebody on something neutral. <laughs> what is he talking to? Let me tell you something. Somebody, one of the ladies in this church called and said, Rev, me. He said, Rev, your wife, you try so. Lady pastor is really, really good. I said, why? He said, me, I cannot marry somebody like you. Everybody, every girl is talking to you. Me, I cannot marry a pastor. That's what the person told me. Say your wife really does well. Yeah. That's what the person told me. That me, that my husband, people are calling him in the middle, calling him in the middle of the night. No, 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 no. 
see, your life is very limited. Hallelujah. But God's love, he loved the whole world. Hallelujah. That's the greatest love. Amen. The greatest love. The greatest number of people. Most of us cannot love a few. We cannot love beyond our circles. Hallelujah. That he gave his only begotten son. The greatest gift. That he gave his only begotten son. Not two. Only. Only begotten son. The greatest gift. Not two. Hallelujah. See, I'm talking about God's love. Most of us, even when we give, we give us the second best or the third best. One of the things that you even notice during holidays, gift, gift time, that usually people have, they give that you give to people that they don't like. <laughs> then they keep it somewhere. Then they rewrap it and send it to somebody else. Yeah. But God gave his best. See, I, I'll tell you something. Um, see, if you love something, you will go all out to save it. Are you hear me? I was talking to a friend of mine many years ago. His son was not doing well in school. So he developed a plan. Every night, he will wake up. I mean, he's a businessman, but he will wake up. A doctor, come on, wake up. Take the son's homework and go through everything line by line. Make sure that the boy gets it. He kept on doing this. So I asked him, aren't you tired of doing this? He said, look, when you love something, you will go all length to save it. That's what he told me. So when you love something, you will go all length to save it. No matter, because he said, look, no matter how much it takes. And the, the, the son finally corrected, got it. I will do anything so that this boy can pass this thing so he can say that. Because I cannot, his statement was, I cannot allow him to fail. Then I re- that, that's when I saw real love. Because when you love something, you don't allow it to fail. Yeah. That's real love. When you love something, you will not allow it to fail. You will go all out to save it. Yeah. That is why I always say, because I've been to a lot of engagements. Been to an engagement. That's why I always say that every time I go to an engagement, engagement like a man, somebody's come to marry somebody. And you see the people who make most noise. Oh, the bridal price is not enough. If he cannot marry you, let, let him take his things back. Uh, well, I mean, the bridal price is not enough. If he doesn't have enough money, he can go back. Well, I mean, our daughter is not cheap. This, this, you find out that it's not the mother. It's the aunties. It's never the mother. <laughs> never the mother. It's always the aunties. And not the mother. Because the mother, as she's sitting there, 
She loves her daughter. She said that if my daughter doesn't get married, who will marry this my daughter? So she's, you know, she loves the girl. She wants the girl to marry. She doesn't, if I know nobody, but what will happen to my daughter? That's the love. So she's not doesn't care whether the things are enough or not. But the people who don't love the girl, they're the one who say that if, if it's not enough, let them take it back. <laughs> we don't want him. But the real parent, because when you love something. And, 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 and that was what Solomon used in deciding who the real mother was in that, chase, in that case. You know the, 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 the judgment of Solomon? The two women. That's what he used. He used the test of true love. Because when you love something, because the, the, the real mother said, look, no, for this child to die, then I'd rather give it to this woman. Solomon immediately said, this is the real mother. Anything that you love really well, you will go all length to save it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because so loved the world. Hallelujah. That is why God went all out to save us. And God, you see, He gave His only begotten Son. He didn't send an angel, which was another message. Yeah. God did not send an angel, He sent His only begotten Son. Recently, I was dealing with an issue. And, and I like the person involved very much. Somebody was failing. And I like the person involved very much. So I, my, I told my wife, because I knew someone who can solve the problem. So my wife was going to call the person. I said, don't call the person. He said, why? I said, no. Let me call the person myself. Because when you call the person, and I call, there's a difference. I wanted to carry the message that, look, this, uh, this particular situation is dear to me. I want you to help this person. And it obviously was a difference because when I called the person, he said, Robert, you, you have actually called me. I said, yes, I'm calling you personally because this is important. So, so, so who you send also depends on how important the case is. That is why even in politics, you will see That is why when your president came to the country, nobody went to meet him at the airport. But when the president of France or England comes, they send somebody, an important person from the White House to meet them at the airport. Because who is sent to meet also reflects how important you are. I once saw an African president. I was, going to, I was traveling. I once was traveling in the JFK. I once saw an African president who was traveling also. And I said, say, hey, they don't respect us at all. <laughs> oh, see. I mean, how president, though, they, there were some few red cones that they have put on part of the this thing. And they come pack the car, just remove the red cones, they got down his hand. I said, is this a real president? That it's a sign that the American government does not respect this person's country at all. Because let, let, let the British come. Even the press. I saw the African president. I won't mention their name. Because I said, hey. Yes, go down. You know how they put a few red cones. And so he just came to pack the car, got down a few people to board the plane. I said, hey, no respect. 
So who you sin also determines how you respect the person or how important the issue is. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. Only begotten son. Only to, to, to let the devil that this issue is important to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Whosoever believeth in him. His only begotten son. And then said, and then the third part is that whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever. Whosoever is a general invitation. Whosoever. Here, it shows that God is not partial at all towards the human race. Whosoever. Anybody. Whosoever. Whosoever believeth. Whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever believeth in him. He did not restrict salvation to a particular group. Hallelujah. Whosoever believeth in him. The great invitation. Whosoever. Anybody. You see, whosoever believeth in him. The condition. You see, condition for salvation is believing. Hallelujah. All that you need to do to be saved is to believe. <laughs> you know? God could have said that whosoever can pay $2,000. God, for God so loved the world that he sent the that whosoever can pay $2,000. How many people in the world can pay $3,000? Are you hearing me? A lot, of us, a lot of us are excluded from certain clubs because we cannot afford it. A lot of us are excluded. You see, um, some, some time ago, some, some time ago, people were segregated by the color of their skin. Okay? That was racial segregation. They can say that, okay, because you are black, you can't live here. Because you are white. That was racial segregation. Okay? That was racial segregation. Because you are black, you live here. Because you are white, you live here. And the world cried, unfair. Civil rights movement rose up. We condemned it. We criticized it. That you cannot judge a man by the content of his skin color. Neither can you assess somebody whether I can sit here or see here by the content of my skin color. So we fought racial segregation in the 60s. Hallelujah. And it was a good thing. It was a good thing. But you know, after it was abolished, after racial segregation was abolished, there is now another form of segregation Oppression, which, which I call economic segregation. Economic segregation. They say don't come and live here, but the price of the house you can't go there. <laughs> Nobody say they are not saying that you cannot take your child to this school. We all know it's the best school, but the taxes in the community you can't pay. Yeah. Economic segregation. 
economic segregation. Nobody said that you cannot live here. Nobody has said that. <laughs> if you can afford, come. So you can see that the system is also staggered in, in a way that because of who you are, you are not given a certain income which then indirectly affects your ability to afford. So even though we are not saying black and white, it's now green and no green. Whether I have the green or you don't have the green. Yeah. Economic segregation. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, clubs exclude people. But God used the basic thing. God said that the only condition for you to be saved is believing. Oh, you should put your hands in line for Jesus. Because you see, if it comes to believing, anybody can believe. A rich man can believe. A poor man can believe. A white man can believe. A black man can believe. Anybody can believe. Anybody can believe. Hey, if God has said, whosoever can solve calculus, you will not be saved. <laughs> if the condition for salvation was calculus, you, you won't come. The condition for salvation was you must be able to do the derivative of pi square. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But he, he, he gave the basic condition, which is believing. Because everybody can believe. Everybody can believe. Everybody can believe. Everybody can believe. Say, so whosoever. Hallelujah. See, and let me say something about believing. You see, there's a difference between to believe something and to give mental assent to it. <laughs> it's, good, it's big English. Some of, us, some of us, when we say believe, we mean mental assent. We don't really believe. Salvation comes from believing. Believe. Not, let me explain to you. Or let, me let, me, let me give you an illustration. Of the, of the rope walker. There was a guy who was walking, who was a rope walker. He had a, two poles. You know, one pole, one pole, and then they tied the rope. Then he was walking on the rope. You know, the tight rope walking. So people were clapping. Wow. Then he walked to one and then he came back. Then he picked up a wheelbarrow. Then he took the wheelbarrow, walked on the rope, Wow, then they clapped. Then he came back. Then he got a pick and put a pick in the wheelbarrow and put a pick uh, and, and, and walk on the rope. Everybody was clapping. Wow. So he came back. So he said, So how many of you here believe that I can put a human being in the wheelbarrow and walk? They'll say, oh, you can't, you can't, because they see you put a pig inside. So, wow, you can't, you can't say, do you believe I can do this? They say, oh, you can't, you can't. They said, I want a volunteer. <laughs> he said, now I want a volunteer. 
Who will volunteer? Suddenly, they were all quiet. Everybody began to draw back. So the question he was asking them, do they really believe? Do they really believe? Do they really believe he can do it? You see, so sometimes when we say we believe, it's a mental ascent. Because real believing has to do with a change in behavior. Believing is action. We say we believe in Christ, but there's no change. Whosoever, if you believe in God, you will trust God. You will trust God. You will take his word at face value. You cannot say you believe. See, you see what I'm saying? I mean, oh, because, look, a lot of us, when we go to the hospital or any place to fill a form, on one part of the thing, they say religion. Christian, Muslim, other. Most people tell, you check Christian. Are you really a Christian? Do you really believe? If you go up the road here, are you a Christian? Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. Do you really believe? He says, whosoever believe. And how do you know you believe? If you believe, if you really believe, you will back it by your action. Believing is backing it by action. Hallelujah. Believing is not only words. Believing is an act of faith. It's a verb. You believe, you back it. How do I know you believe? How do I know you believe? Whosoever believeth in him, how do I know you believe? Whosoever believe, how do I know? What is the evidence that you really believe? If you believe, if you believe, it will be seen. It will be seen in your trust of God. Your believing in His word. Your actions will determine whether you believe. If you believe that God can help you. First of all, let me ask you. You see, that is why Jesus Christ said. He gave the story about somebody who was a, a judge, a widow, somebody who was trying to harass somebody about bread. Go in Luke. Then he said, when the, man of, when the son of man comes, when the Son of Man can, will he find faith? When the Son of Man comes, he started by saying that men always ought to pray. Men always ought to pray. That's what he started. Men always ought to pray. Then he gave the story. He said, come, will I find faith on earth? Will I find faith on earth? In other words, he was trying to tell us that, look, real faith, if you say you believe, you will pray. When was the last time you prayed to God? You say you believe. When was the last time you read your Bible? You say you believe. When was the last time you spoke to some? You, when was the last time you uh, talked to somebody about Jesus Christ? You say you believe. Do you really believe? When was the last time? Do you really believe in God? Do you really believe in salvation? Do you really be, you see, if you believe in hell, that hell is a place where the fire does not uh, quench, where the uh, 
it's eternally you are in trouble. If you really believe it, how come that your brother is not saved, your mother is not saved, your friend is not saved, and you are quiet? You really believe? I'm asking the question, do you really believe? Because I know how you, I know how you behave when you believe. I know your behavior when you believe. I know your behavior how you believe. Because I know how you behave. Because, because you believe. Because you believe that life in America is better than life in your home country. You did anything possible. Even when you were, you were not given a visa, you changed your name because you want to be here. Because that's what you believe. <laughs> I'm preaching. I mean, you see, look at the effort you went through. Three times you went back, document after document. Some part you swam, some part you were on a boat, some part you flew, but you stuck. <laughs> because you believed that your life would be better here. Are you hearing me? So, when you believe something, it is sin. So the fact that you don't show any effort, we don't show any effort towards the work of God, the Christ, that doing especially hell, especially hell, if we believe there is hell, I don't see why any of us will be passive about somebody not being saved. If, you really, if we really believe that after death there is hell and heaven, and hell, the fire does not end. First of all, I don't, I don't know why you, you will not even believe in God and be saved. And apart from you being saved, why you will also not tell your dear ones? So sometimes our, action, our actions put questions. Do we really believe? Whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him, should not perish. Believeth in him. So if we believe Jesus as the Savior, one, we will commit our life to him. We will do what he says. And Anybody that we come across. A story is told about in England about um, a murderer. Someone who was a murderer sentenced to life and was about to be executed. And as the English custom goes, if you are in life imprisonment and you are about to be executed, the, the day, the, if you are going to kill tomorrow, it will send a priest to come and say the final mass for you and pray for you. So the priest went to see the criminal. And he was saying, that, you know, may God have mercy on your soul. May uh, may, may, may you be delivered from hell. Why don't you, I mean, I pray that even though you have committed a crime, you will enter into the bosom of Abraham. May your sins be forgiven. I pray that you will be in eternity with God. As you were saying, the criminal, the, the, the hardened criminal was looking at the priest. So the priest was a bit surprised. That, ah, why is this guy not responding? So he, the, the criminal asked the priest, do you believe what you are saying? 
That's what the, I said. Do you believe that? Do you believe what you're saying? He said yes. So the criminal asked him that look. So you say there's hell. And then over there, there's fire, brimstone. Do you believe it? The priest said, Yes, I believe it. You know what the criminal told him? He said, If I believe the things that you are saying, if I believe what you are saying, I will go to every corner in England. Even if I have to crawl on broken buckles to preach the gospel, I'll preach it. If I know, if I believe that the hell that you are talking about. Yeah, that's what he told him. That if I believe, if you say that this is true, then that's what the criminal told the priest that if you say, if you believe that hell is real, then I don't see why you won't go to every corner. If you have to crawl on broken bottles to preach the gospel, if you believe what you are saying. Yeah. So I think, I think he was trying to tell the people, look, stop saying things you don't believe because your actions don't prove it. If you really believe in hell, you will not behave like this. If we really believe in hell, we will not be comfortable whilst our loved ones are not saved. If we really believe in hell, so whosoever believeth in him. So it's not just, just saying it as a jargon. But it will be seen. If you really believe in Christ, why wouldn't you pray? If you really believe in Christ, why wouldn't you talk to somebody about Christ? If you really believe in Christ, why wouldn't you be in church? If you really believe. Because the things you believe, you do them. Whosoever believeth in him. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, we believe. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Baba. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him, whosoever, whosoever believeth in him will not perish. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God. Whosoever believeth in him. Thank you. The Bible said, For you love the world. You send the Holy Begotten Son. Thank you for salvation. Father, I pray this morning. May our belief not only be in words. But may it be in deeds. This morning, there is room at the cross for you. There is room. The Bible says, What shall the prophet that man? If you gain the whole world and loses your soul, what shall a man gain? What shall a man gain in exchange? What shall a man gain in exchange for his soul? This morning, we stand in church acknowledging the love of God. For if God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Before I sit down, I just want to ask you do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that you are a sinner? And that God sent his son to save you. 
Do you believe that as heaven as hell? There is room I want to tell you there is heaven there's hell. And God sent his son to save you and I. Whosoever, whosoever. And Paul said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You see, believing is always an action. You have to do something. If you believe, you have to do something to demonstrate it. So if you want to be saved, you believe in, you believe in God's son. And you say, look, the time has come that I must be saved. I don't want to play games with this thing anymore. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a child of God. I want to live right. I want to live right. Then, my brother or my sister, this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, you have to do it. I'll ask you to lift up your hand if you want to be saved. Just do something. You can't say you believe without doing anything. So if you are not saved, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let your hand go up. I'm really serious. Let it go up above your head. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. Too. God bless you. Look, it's about sin for me. I'm serious about it. God bless you. The two of you who lifted your hand, please, I want you to say this after me. And I want the whole church to join them. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for salvation. I accept that I'm a sinner. You sent Jesus Christ to die for me. This morning, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. My Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Satan, from this moment, you are no longer my master. Jesus is my master. I live for Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Amen. God bless you. After church, I'll talk to you. Put your hands together. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.